0: It's coming from, we're all different. you know. As much as we would like to beg people to interview, work with the best realtor you know, people are gonna do business with a no like, and trust. Whether that person is closing 100 sides a year or maybe 10 a year, people are gonna do business with a no like, and trust. So why not share and help and spread the wealth?
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 318 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. As always, thank you so much for tuning in and thank you so much for telling a friend. Today, I can't wait to talk with Cole Slate. Cole is the broker owner of Slate Real Estate up in the St. John's County area, right outside Jacksonville, Florida. And I met Cole at the Jacksonville Bar Camp, now renamed the One Coast RE Bar Camp this year. And he he has an amazing operation. Cole is a native Northeast Floridian, loves where he lives, really shows in how he works with his community, with charity, with giving back in the world of real estate. Just an amazing guy. I'm really excited to get his story. So let's get this thing started. Cole, welcome to the podcast.
0: Hey, Bill. Thanks for having me, man.
1: Yeah, it's uh, well long overdue. You're doing some cool things up in the, we'll call it the Jacksonville area. And I want to talk about all those things. But first, I want to talk about Jacksonville in particular, right? You're a native of Northeast Florida. You actually grew up where I've been to your office. How far away did you grow up from your office? If you knew like how far away was the home where you grew up?
0: From when I was born until 11 years old, I was literally in the zip code across the street from my office. Okay. And from 11 years old till now, minus my years in Gainesville at University of Florida, I've been I've lived in the same zip code. So, you're probably looking at a max Fifteen minute radius from everything. (laughs) (laughs) Born and raised. Yeah,
1: you're the epitome of real estate is local,
0: (laughs) hundred percent. You know, it's Uh, a lot of our marketing stuff. You know, you hear a lot of people say hyper local. Well, our whole outlook is uh, more hyper community. So you'll hear me use that term a lot uh, in regards to what we do and how we give back and things like that.
1: Now I live in Saint Petersburg. That's uh, we'll call that West Central Florida, and and I you know Northeast Florida is different than what we have down here. Um, South Florida is completely different from everybody, and so I have to ask you tell me tell me a little bit about Northeast Florida, why it's cool, what's what's neat about it, and are you tired of being called South Georgia? I just want to know
0: <laughs> that's a thing. Again, being a native, obviously I'm biased, right? And I'll be honest, it kind of ruffles my feathers whenever I hear someone say something negative about about the Jacksonville area in Northeast Florida. But when speaking to people who don't live here or even those that are considering moving here, things like that, Northeast Florida, the Jacksonville area is the best of all worlds. You know what I mean? We have ocean, we have intercoastal, we have river, we have the suburbs, we have the historic area, we have downtown, we have an NFL team. Really, you know what don't we have? And it's and it's kind of cheating a little bit because uh, landmass wise, we are the largest city in the country. So we have a lot of area to have all this great stuff. But in a thirty minute drive, you can get to all of those things. You know where else? And we have the airport. Where else do you have? All of those different types of environments and atmospheres and resources, you know, nowhere that I can think of. But again, biased native opinion.
1: But <laughs> well, you also have the ability to get to the mountains if you want. And that's a big stretch for the rest of Florida. Unless you're in the panhandle or the Northeast, in the north side, you're not getting to the mountains for hours from where I live.
0: Yeah. Not too far a drive. You know, I I don't leave town much. um, But, you know, I see people going to the mountains for weekend trips. Yeah. You know, I see it all the time on my social media feed.
1: Yeah. Uh, You mentioned you're a gator. We got to talk about it. Or Sean Carpenter will have my, you know, head and he's, you know, (laughs) uh, I don't know if there's a bigger fan than him. It might be you.
0: Um,
1: (laughs) But let's talk about that. Well, first of all, University of Florida, It is, I'll continue my poll of Gators. And this is, I have to ask you this question because if you answer the same way most people answer, it's going to just continue this (laughs) mind-blowing experience for me. What is your least favorite SEC school? Got to pick one.
0: Man, I mean, I guess if I have to pick one, I, I guess I would say Georgia. Okay. Just because of the rivalry and things like that. Yeah. But where Sean Carpenter might have my head is that, you know, I don't get too deep into the rivalries and things like that. Of course, Rivalry Weekend, I'll be like, yeah. totally diehard against this other school because they're playing Florida, and I hope Florida kicks their ass, you know, and all this yeah. other stuff. But I'm I'm one of those fans. It's like, you know, everyone has a reason to root for their school. They're raised a particular way. They attended the school they grew up in around that city, the state, you know, whatever it is. So like I said, I'll be as big of a trash talker as anyone else for that particular weekend just because that's the fun of it. You know yeah. what I mean? But I, I don't get too, uh, too deep into it. SEC in my house is fun because uh, where, of course, I'm a University of Florida alum. My beautiful wife, Laura, is an Auburn alum. Oh yeah, so yeah. she's in the other division. You know, she's SEC West. She's orange and blue still, just <laughs> the wrong orange and blue. There you go. And um, I know you mentioned that we're doing audio only for this, so it's a good thing because my shirt right now is Tennessee orange, and that's just <laughs> that's just the rotation I was on today. So
1: one thing you're saying there. Well, I, one more one more question about the yeah. SEC, or just a thought? It really is unlike any other place I've been in the country. It's SEC first for a lot of people in the SEC. It's such a dominant football conference that even if Bama's playing or Auburn or Tennessee is playing for the national championship, you as an SEC guy are going to root for them because it's, it represents your conference. And it's—I'm telling you—if USC, UCLA—if one of those two is playing for the national championship, the other school is rooting for them to lose. <laughs> the last thing they want is that school to win. So it's oh. very interesting. It's just different here.
0: I agree, and I think it's because you know we want to keep up that superior yeah. reputation, yeah. you know, as a football conference. SEC is an NFL factory. How did the SEC stack up in the first few ra- in the first round of the NFL draft the other night? Five was- five
1: Georgia defensive players went in the first round. That tells you everything you need to know.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Even talking about Adam Hutchinson and everything being a Jaguar fan as well. You know, who knows where that top pick will have been better invested, you know, in the SEC player and Trayvon Walker or Adam Hutchinson. But my devil's advocacy against Adam Hutchinson was he was missing in action against Georgia. Yeah, you're right. So, I mean, again, time will tell, you know. Yeah, you're right. All right.
1: We'll get to real estate now. You, you enter UF, was real estate even a blip on the radar for you?
0: No man, no idea. <laughs> right. I always grew up with the idea that I was going to work for my family business. My dad owns a company; he's an economic development consultant. Okay, so you know, I went through college figuring that I was going to do that. Uh, two weeks after, I didn't even grad. I didn't walk. I didn't grad. You know, obviously, I graduated, but I didn't physically go to graduation. Two weeks after my last final exam, I was in my dad's office. Wow. you know, working. And you know, I gave it a shot for a few months, but it just it just wasn't me. So this plan I had to work in the family business for the rest of my life and take over was cut to about three or four months when I learned that it just wasn't going to be something that I enjoyed doing for the rest of my life. So from there I got into mortgages. The reason I did that. I mean, it was similar, a similar atmosphere. The mortgages I was going to be, I was in a call center. So just like in my dad's office, I was making cold calls, doing research and things like that. But some of my best friends worked in this mortgage call center. So I was like, man, even if the job sucks, I'll be with some of my buddies. So it'll be cool. That only lasted six or seven months because of the same type of thing. You know, I'm sitting in a cubicle 40, 50 hours a week on a headset, you know, taking mortgage applications. That again, isn't, my personality—I didn't enjoy doing it. So after that, I got into uh, teaching and coaching basketball. I did that for a school year, and then decided to um, get into real estate.
1: So let's talk about that—that that entry into the world of real estate. As a lender, I and mean, I've been—I was in the title business for 20 years. And as a lender, you know, you have realtor partners that are superior and just superb, and you probably worked with some realtors who. Well, struggled. How's
0: that? My short stint in mortgages was great because I mean I learned and got trained by uh, it was Everbank at the time. Now it's okay. U.S. Bank, mm-hmm. but I mean they had some of the best training programs that that I know of. And only being in it for six or seven months, you know, I learned enough to now when I decided to get into real estate a year or two later after mortgages, or I guess a year later, to be dangerous to know to know enough about the mortgage situation and process that even when I got my real estate license, when I just turned 25 years old, it still added to this knowledge as for me being a resource for home buyers and sellers.
1: Which is the number one thing a realtor is, right? You're a resource. If you're, when you're good at what you do, you're helping people, educating people, taking care of people. And the more you know, the better off you are. Um, I love that. KW Yellowfin, which is kind of a Florida um, regional, right? Kind of a group. I knew that we have them d- down here, mm-hmm. and then Exit Realty, which is another national brand. Um, you worked for a few different models. Talk about that. It was you know you kind of you kind of worked your way through some some really good once again learning
0: opportunities. 100%. So, like I mentioned, you know, whenever I decided to get into real estate, I was super young. I had just turned 25 years old. I'd never bought a house before. But I was renting from my parents, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And when I decided to get in, we have a close family friend that was working at the Jacksonville KW office that uh, fortunately and luckily for me uh, made an awesome introduction to, in my opinion, the top team lead. In Jacksonville in Christina Welch so I was I started off in a very good situation and you know there's still stuff that I'm implementing today that I learned from Christina and shoot she and I talk or text every week or two still in countering that I was so young and inexperienced that I didn't know that it was best for me to interview the brokers and the brokerage that yeah. Let's be honest, a lot of these models, unfortunately, vast majority of these models are going to hire anyone that has a pulse. Right. So I went in with that uh, mindset of, man, I I hope they want me. You know, I'm not talking in regards to Christina anymore. I had to uh, interview separately for her because she had a lot of people trying to join her team. And luckily, I was the one that she chose. But in regards from a brokerage level, thank God that I got as blessed and as lucky as I did. But even now, like I'm encouraging every new agent that I talk to, you be the interviewer. You make sure that you are most comfortable with the environment and the culture and the leadership of these companies that you're interviewing. Don't, you know, like I said, there are some that are out there being picky, like we are with my new firm. And I know we'll talk about that in a little bit. But you be the interviewer and make sure that you're going to love where you are with the culture and the leadership and be most comfortable and confident in your new business.
1: Yeah. So you're at exit and something, something, the bug bites you. You know, it happens to a lot of good agents where they go, you know what? I think, I think I can do this. I think I want to build something, I want it to be good. Um, Let's talk about. As you do strike out on your own, what what was your vision? What what did Slate Real Estate look like before it was Slate Real Estate?
0: So, I loved my time, all of it, at, uh, at Exit Real Estate Gallery. Mm-hmm. You know the leadership there with uh, you know Sonny Downey, Ray Rivera, Nancy Soriano. Like I, I couldn't have been in a better situation. But I was there. My team and I were there for five years, and we were the top producers all five years. And I am the furthest from a content person. So if I'm a a firm for five years, I'm the top producer. Our team is the top producer for five years. Am am I just am I am I cool with that? Am I content? Am I just gonna you know keep keep doing that for the rest of my career? Like what's next? You know what's progress? Making a bigger Hmm. team. We had a small team, five or six people. You know, which is fine. But as I was around longer, as I got involved more in our association, more at the state, getting to know pe- more people like you and Carp, and like getting getting out more, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I got that itch to want to start something from scratch, and there was a lot of a lot of small motivators behind that. Zero of them was anything negative towards exit. Okay, you good. Know, it, it was just it was just time. You know what I mean? It was my time for what is next. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so many of the small motivators was you look at these big companies and we could go to whatever big company, Exit, Keller, whatever it is. And maybe I love being associated with 10, 20% of the other agents that are there. And maybe I don't necessarily love the way that the other 80% of agents are portraying their business and how they're handling themselves and things like that. So I something that was very attractive to me was starting a brand and a reputation from scratch and doing it and choosing agents to join us that I felt mirrored our uh qualities and goals and the impact that we want to have you know not only in the industry i mean forget the industry in the community yeah you know it's like something we talked about a little bit ago i mean being that resource it's we want we already have such a great reputation in the community with all the appreciation events that we do everything we do to give back i want to create that same reputation within our industry Wow. you know and that's and that's what that's what my goals are with with this new company new brand love it let's
1: let's help some agents who are in that same place you were when you decided to strike out on your own what have been for you the biggest challenges
0: so what should have been the biggest challenges are the um you know the initial investments and that looks different for everybody the level of uncertainty when you you know, decide, you know what, I'm going to leave this company of five, four, 500 agents and i want to get a start of my own. You know, I'm going to take on all these extra costs and overhead and liability. Uh, I'm going to take on more more employees um, that I'm going to have to pay. I have to pay for errors and omissions now. I got to pay for rent now. You mentioned our, our office. You know, we built out this amazing office yeah. that was out of my pocket. You know, so it's a lot... It's a lot of risk, but what you have to be comfortable with, and I've said this a million times before, You know, the best investment that you make is the investment you make in yourself because you create the outcome. Yeah. So even though it was scarier than hell doing all this, I also know that no one is going to put in the time and effort that I'm going to, to make sure that those goals and that vision comes to fruition.
1: Yeah. If you're going to gamble, gamble on yourself. 100%. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about that before we went live. Um, yeah, I think that's that's fantastic. Let's chat about the market for a little bit.
0: Um, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, so obviously, I don't have to ask what the market was like in the last year and a half or two years. Everybody was blown away by, oh, let's see, March 2020, April, May. By June of 2020, everyone's like, oh, wow, this is the last thing I expected. Yeah. And so- Obviously you've gone through this incredible run like everyone else has. What what are you thinking about though looking ahead? What is if you know short term like next fall you know, or or Q four, Q one next year? Because that's traditionally the slow time is kind of you know the beginning of the year, which it wasn't here this year. Mm-hmm. What are you mm-hmm. thinking about that? Because I, I know you have to think that way, right?
0: hundred yeah. percent. So, you know, I have a few different opinions yeah. uh, in regard mm-hmm. to that. So first is we're always taught to read the forecasts, read the statistics, read the history, what's going on, what are the experts saying, and things like that, mm-hmm. okay? For two different reasons, and in, in our market in particular, I'm not putting a lot of weight on it. Here's the reason. So number one, all of these forecasts and what experts are saying and things like that, they haven't been through a pandemic before. They don't see, they don't know what's going on. They can go back as many years as they want, You know, people keep throwing around the words bubble and recession. That's not happening. And even if it does, we don't have a history on this. We are the first of this occurrence to happen. Okay. So, and then number two, you know, lucky for us, you and I are in Florida and we have DeSantis that has kept us open and everyone has been flocking here from all over the country. So on some level this demand is not going anywhere anytime soon. You know, with the interest rates up, perhaps the purchasing power of these people who are joining us in our amazing state of Florida, um, maybe their purchase price is down thanks to interest rates going up. Right. But because everyone's circumstances have changed, we have everyone coming to Florida. Okay. And even, you know, so much of my business, which myself and everyone at our firm is all organic word of mouth type business. So historically I've always usually been a local to local move. Okay. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So even a lot of those personal circumstances have changed in the last 12 to 18 months because yeah, these families are already here, but maybe mom and dad who were working in downtown Jacksonville, maybe they both work from home now and Uh, their son, little Timmy, doesn't go to school anymore. They're on virtual. So their little three-bedroom, two-bath house, they now need five bedrooms and an office. Right. So not only everyone who's migrating here, but also the circumstances, the local-to-local circumstances changing as well. Going back to the statistics, you know, some of um, my colleagues and I were just talking about, you know, what we've seen, going on the past three to four weeks. And obviously stats through our association and through our MLS and even through Sun Stats at Florida Realtors hasn't been released yet for April. But what we are seeing is a slowdown in borrower applications and mortgage mm-hmm. applications. Okay. We are seeing what is now longer than usual <laughs> properties <laughs> yeah. staying yeah. on the market. Right. You know, even stuff that is priced appropriately with the closed calculations, because that's how we're pricing properties. Because at the end of the day, a worst case scenario in this market is a buyer who needs a sufficient appraisal. Even properly listing these properties, you know, we could see one that, oh no, it only gets one offer. And then a very comparable property that hits the market the following week that we think is priced way too high. All of a sudden they get multiple offers.
1: Interesting. So what's going on right
0: now is that, in regards to the active residential listings on our MLS from approximately 60 days ago, we're up 40%. Wow. About 60 days ago, we had approximately 1,900 active listings in the Jacksonville area MLS, NEFAR MLS. Okay. Mm-hmm. To this morning, before you and I got on, we were at approximately 2,600. Now, granted, to that which is up approximately 40%, right? Yep. To paint a picture for you, a balanced market in our MLS is approximately 10,000 active residential listings. Wow. So we are still ungodly low in enduring this crazy inventory shortage. But in regards to historically what we've been seeing the past, I don't know, what do you think, six to nine months with how short, you know, how low the inventory has been, we are starting to see lists. Uh, listings creep up. A good thing, right? Oh, let me tell you something, man. <laughs> that that might be a whole another episode. But if you ask me, I'm yeah. like, let's let's get back to three or four months of inventory. Yes. You know, I, I hate to sound bad, but when I got my license approximately ten years ago, there was approximately five thousand uh, realtors in in NIFAR, in the Northeast Florida Association of Realtors. Mm-hmm. Today, we're around approximately eleven thousand. Wow. Okay. Needless to say, a lot of these agents on the other side aren't necessarily a joy to work with. So maybe this inventory growth will get us back to some colleagues that are more, um, I guess, serious about our profession, right? And more of a joy to work with. There you go. A lot of different takes and impacts that this growth of inventory, I feel and hope, is going to have.
1: Yeah. You know, you mentioned the interest rates, and they're they're definitely going to go up. Inflation's an issue. The Fed's going to do what they can to try to do what they can. And I, I heard a couple of lenders recently talk about the fact that we've been spoiled by incredibly low interest rates for like a super long time, unprecedented, mm-hmm. right? That rates c- creeping up to oh my god, they're at five percent, <laughs> you know, which is
0: still so low. I mean, it's still free money
1: historically, incredibly low. So. Yeah. I think it's, I think people have to, every person's situation is unique. That's what you and your lender partners figure out, right? I mean, interest rates could be 7%, but for this, for this group of people and the circumstances their life is in, it's a, it's an excellent thing. It's going to work great. That's part of what you have to do, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, like I said, I, I think everyone has gotten spoiled. My wife and I, we were It was lucky. There's no other word for it. We were lucky when we built our house and locked in, you know, with we've been in our house uh, that we built for about a year and a half. Now we locked in without buying any points down at 2.5. Wow. Uh, I'm going to die in that house. (laughs) (laughs) You said you like
1: Northeast Florida, so we know you're not leaving. That's good. Oh, you
0: know, I'm not going anywhere. (laughs) And, and, and it was straight luck. But that being said, You know, a lot of people are having different opinions and everything about what's going on right now. I mean, calling 5% a high interest rate, that ain't high. There's been so much higher, but we've just gotten spoiled. You know, there's a lot of people, particularly in our area, we're in, uh, as you know, we're in uh, St. Johns County, which in regards to counties and our zip code in particular, 32259, we're one of the fastest growing zip codes in the country. And, you know, I'll hear people talk about how upset they are that, you know, their son and daughter-in-law can't buy their first home in our area. And my response to that is, you know, back when I bought my first home, I wasn't looking in areas that I couldn't afford, but it's like the interest rates. It's been a big tease. Like these values have gone up so quickly, yeah. you know, it, it, it stinks that it was a tease that they could purchase a home here maybe a year or two ago. Right. And they can't now, which I understand that part of it. But at the end of the day, I mean, you got to purchase where you can afford. You got to shop where you can afford.
1: That's why you need a good realtor. Um, Exactly. Hey, I want to ask you about, um, we were at Bar Camp together this year again, third or fourth time, I think. A lot of fun. Uh, and
0: Not just Jacksonville one, but doing Orlando together.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's coming up. We're going to be down there uh, this summer. So that's going to be a lot of fun. You work with a, an incredible charity and in, in, uh, the Bar Camp, the, the One Coast Bar Camp up in Jacksonville uh, worked with this charity. I want you to tell me um, what you told me there, how you got involved with this group, what they do, uh, and let's, let's, let's kind of share the love a little bit.
0: Oh my gosh. So uh, Best Buddies, uh, Best Buddies International. It's an international nonprofit organization that promotes uh, inclusion for individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities through social and professional opportunities. I got involved with kids with special needs back when I was in second grade. My mom was a school teacher. And so I was at school a whole lot more than I wanted to be, you know, back then. Sure. But when she was, you know, having planning hour and we were getting there before everyone and leaving after everyone, I would go to the ESE wing of the school, the uh, exceptional student education uh, wing of the school. And I would help the kids get off the bus, read to them, you know, stuff like that. So it's something that I, Informally got involved with back when I was young, and then when I got to my freshman year at Trail High School, uh, it was really cool to see that there was now a formal opportunity to be involved with Best Buddies. Uh, so I got involved when <clears throat> I was 14 years old. I think it was you know uh, the end of my freshman year. I believe uh, became president of the club my junior and senior my junior and senior year. Senior year we became the second largest high school chapter in the state which is really cool. Everyone always asks, you know, why did I get involved? You know, I don't think that there's, I can't sit here and say, Hey Bill, you know, I got involved with Best Buddies because of XYZ, you know, I don't know. Um, similar to a lot of uh, scenarios that I've heard, you know, my mom uh, was told while she was pregnant with me that I was supposed to have such bad Down syndrome that she needed, she needed to abort the pregnancy. Wow. And I'm not sitting here and saying that that's why that I'm involved with um, with charities and, you know, causes like this. Is it, you know, maybe subconscious in the back of my mind or something? I mean, maybe, sure. But to sit back and think that it could be me on the other side of this, a Best Buddies mission. It's something I keep in mind. You know what I mean? I didn't know that at Bar Camp that I was going to be kind of uh, speaking about the charity. And when they had me go up after that video, I was like man, you know, you put up the video of uh, of Kayla and her daughter, Skylar, who's involved in the program. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, y'all going to have me crying up here <laughs> and, then, and then have me talk about this in front of a thousand of my industry peers. I mean, what are y'all trying to do to me?
1: Oh, you uh, were great. Get it, out of here. It was awesome.
0: <laughs> oh man, I appreciate it. So, I mean, it was great. And I'm glad we're talking about this too. The, um, the event that we were promoting, the Best Buddies Friendship Walk, mm-hmm. that was Saturday, April thirtieth. So two Saturdays ago, they raised over one hundred and twenty thousand dollars wow. for that fundraiser, wow. which is it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing um, raising that much money for anything. Yes, um, but of course, I'm biased towards uh, towards my favorite cause and Best Buddies.
1: That's great. You were able to bring this to the to a thousand realtors, which helped build that number up higher. Why else should agents get to a bar camp? Hopefully there's an RE Bar Camp somewhere near them. Why should they go?
0: I tell everyone, RE Bar Camp is by far my favorite event every year. Because, you know, it is not only is it the networking, but it's the sharing, the education. It's the unconference is how I've seen it marketed before. Because Mm -hmm. this isn't your formal sit down, take notes, bring your laptop, shut up and listen type Event, you come and go, you're you're literally picking the topics that the facilitators are leading the discussion. You come and go as you please. You go sit in one of the breakouts and it's not really going the way that you anticipated, you go to another one. You know, very informal, a lot of sharing. A lot of people bring up, you know, why share with the quote unquote competition. I've given my business plan to plenty of people. Okay. Yeah. And the reason that I'm cool with doing that is because, all right, Bill, I'll give you my business plan. I'll give you every template I have. I'll tell you everything that I do, all my marketing, all my events, the whole nine yards, your personality, your circle of contacts, the way that you approach everything is way different than how I do it. We're different people. We're in different locations. We have different relationships. Sharing is caring, right? And everything that we're all sharing and taking in um, and all the training that we're doing. I mean, there's enough business out there for everybody, and I don't see anything wrong with helping each other out, even if we are a "quote unquote" competition. Which I don't think I don't think we are. And when people say, you know, people joke about competition, and when I give my response, "Hey, we," you know, I don't have competition. It's not coming from an egotistical place. It's coming from we're all different, you know, as much as we would like to beg people to interview, work with the best realtor, you know, people are going to do business with a no like and trust, whether that person is closing 100 sides a year or maybe 10 a year, people are going to do business with a no like and trust. So why not share and help and spread the wealth?
1: Well, that's my cold open. Um, (laughs) I always, as I I listen to the podcast, as I record them every single time, little inside tip for listeners. I always look for the thing that's going to like lead into the introduction of you. And that was it. That's fantastic. Um, Speaking of sharing, I need you to answer the final question I ask every guest on the podcast. And that is what one piece of advice would you give a new agent just getting started?
0: So this is always my favorite question that people ask me because you know like we talked about earlier I just turned 25 when I got in the business yeah. you know I'm come September will be 10 years that I've had my license and I would like to think that I've I've done pretty well in my 10 years by 35 and so something that I there's two things that I emphasize to everybody okay number one at the minimum treat real estate like a 9 to 5 okay mm-hmm. even if you don't Even if you're working from home, even if you don't have an appointment that you know of yet that day, get up, get out of bed, get dressed like you're going to work, shower, be ready to go, be sitting in front of your computer, whatever it is you need to do. There is always stuff that realtors or anyone in our industry can be doing. Our job is never done. Whether it's working on your database, whether it's touches, whether it's follow-ups, whether it's marketing, whether it's brand awareness, whether it's networking events, education, whatever it is, there's always stuff that we can be doing. And at a minimum, we could be putting in 40 hours a week, nine to five, at an absolute minimum. Yep. So whenever... Um, a colleague reaches out to me, you know, wanting to, you know, hey, Cole, my business isn't where I would like it to be. Let's talk, you know, let's go to lunch, you know, whatever, which I love doing that stuff because I can talk shop all day long. My first question is, are you busting your ass 40 hours a week? Hmm. If your answer is no, or if you even hesitate, <laughs> then I'm like, then you have nothing to complain about. Right. Until you are doing the type of stuff that you should be doing 40 hours a week, then. You know that's on you, yeah. Right. So treat it like it treat it like a nine to five. Even though a lot of people get in the business, oh, you know, I like being able to make my own schedule. I laugh when I see like the memes and stuff like that that are out there that say, uh, "Yeah, in real estate, I love being able to make my own schedule." Am I putting in eighty or ninety hours this week? <laughs> you know, <laughs> exactly. something like that, which is a hundred percent relatable. Right. But you know, I do always fall back to what. I tell all of my agents every week. Every week, I send uh, everyone at my firm a weekly email regarding up- upcoming events, opportunities, things like that. And I follow it up with a Facebook Live reviewing that content um, just because everyone's personalities are different, you know, things like that. And the first thing I always say is that I hope your weekend was your ideal combination of friends, family, relaxation, and production. Because at the end of the day, everyone has different goals when they get into real estate. Right. Yeah. But if you're not hitting these goals because you're not putting in 40 hours a week or you're not hitting your goals because you're not taking advantage of the support that's provided for you, you know, that's a different conversation. Yeah. Right. Now, my other thing, and you know me well enough that I maxed this out, is embrace yourself. Okay be yourself when you are looking at all these real estate agents on social media and tv oh my god what media is doing to our industry and our profession oh my word yeah i can't even talk about that on recording how i feel about that
1: <laughs> yeah good, um, call. But, good call
0: but 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 don't fall into that mold embrace yourself be yourself you know be be different you know people don't necessarily want to work with someone who's the same as everybody else yep. You know, going back to what we talked about earlier, people are going to do business with who they know, like, and trust. So so be yourself. I show up to work every day in a branded polo, shorts, and flip-flops. Maybe somebody's style is showing up to work in a tux every day. I don't know. But if it fits your personality, if it fits who you are, be who you are. Embrace yourself because that's what people want to work with. They want to work with the real you, not the fake you. So be that and think about how, how your business can revolve around that. You know, for me, it was getting involved with uh, the Jacksonville Gator Club. I was on the board, the board, um, whatever, the leadership board, board of directors for that. Just different, different things. My wife and I are big foodies. So we're in a few, not necessarily clubs, but we go to different foodie events, things like that. So embrace yourself because that's what people want to work with.
1: Cole, if somebody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do that?
0: Um, they can call or text my cell nine zero four six zero seven six eight three zero or email me at cole at slate dot real estate
1: with no dot com after it
0: with no dot com
1: the mail won't get there I'm telling you
0: so, exactly yeah
1: Cole this has been awesome I uh, thank you so much for the time um, I was I. Had a wonderful time visiting your office, uh, sitting there and, and meeting the, the staff you have put together. The space is amazing. If you're in the Jacksonville area, its I don't know the name of that complex you're in, but you should say that real quick. They should swing by and check you out.
0: 100%. Please stop by. Um, we are in Durban Park Pavilion. It's the new town center uh, mm-hmm. in, where uh, Bartram Park meets Racetrack Road in northwest St. Johns County. Um, our office is just like a big hangout. You know, I I joke that it's like my man cave with a conference room. Uh, (laughs) we got a bar in the back, big screens everywhere. Uh, it's just a good time. So please absolutely, uh, stop by and say, Hey, anytime. Awesome.
1: Cole, thanks for your time today. I really appreciate it.
0: Thanks for the opportunity, man.
1: Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Sessions. Please head over to ratethispodcast.com forward slash RE sessions to leave a review or a rating and subscribe to the Real Estate Sessions Podcast at your favorite podcast listening app.